Welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. This show is written, produced, and broadcasting live from Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as the Bay Area. This past June, Oakland's Being Healthy BH Brilliant Mind sponsored the 11th annual Juneteenth Festival in West Oakland. KPFA's First Voice Apprentices was there for you. We brought back the community feeling of togetherness with interviews, sights, and sounds. On tonight's show, we will have a tribute piece and remembrance of the Honorable and Mayor Ron Dellums. We'll hear interviews we collected and also music in, in, excuse me, in commemoration from the Juneteenth celebration. We also have some great music for you. All that tonight on Full Circle. I am your host this evening, Stevie G. Keep it locked and channeling one Don Cornelius with love, peace, and soul. Good evening, everyone. And again, welcome to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA in Berkeley and KPFA.org. Before we get started on the show tonight, I want to recognize a man we recently lost from right here in Oakland. And that man was Ron Dellums. Ronald V. Dellums was one of my heroes. I had a personal connection with Mr. Dellums, but I do not know if he would or could have ever remembered me to say the same. After all, we shared at best a handshake and an approving glance as I asked my prepared question as one of a hundred students learning and growing. The important thing is that Dellums was an example of how a generational relay race can be run and won even when the runners are not fully aware of each other or know exactly what lane they are in. I was a part of a program called Close Up as a Skyline High School student back in 1984. I had the opportunity to spend a week in Washington, D.C. as a part of a student field trip to learn about our federal government. It was exciting to say the least. We visited the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial, the White House, and where I would see something unique in my own limited life experience at the time, I would see someone very much like my future self in the halls of Congress. I would say a glimpse into the future of what I would one day become as I earned adulthood. A man of African descent, almost uniquely defined as a black man here in America. Even as a youth, the negative tales of black men and boys bombarded this nation at every opportunity. But here I had a chance to see Ron Dellums. His complexion was not exactly like mine, but he, like me today, was an African-American man. At that time, back in 1984, I was a student listening to someone that engaged at the highest levels of our national and international discourse. From the vantage point of leadership, his hair, just like mine, 
His voice and dress carried an ease and confident swagger I had heard and often observed from my own father, grandfather, and uncles. He was familiar to my own personal experience. I witnessed a black man in Congress. He was someone that fully engaged the opportunity to struggle in the democratic process. He was informed as an equal from his cultural paradigm and yet represented citizens from all communities out of California. What an unanticipated gift of mentorship, though he did not know that directly. Brotherhood and leadership. I was able to experience on that day back in 1984 and up through now, my exposure to him has stayed with me and will continue until I myself am called home. I hope to, in some small way, be a similar type of example to the next generation of our human experience. I went on to continue my efforts through higher education and today I'm a technologist. I found my own path, yet one of my great memories was a pit stop, so to speak, in Washington, D.C with the one and only honorable representative from the 9th Congressional District of California and mayor of Oakland, California, Mr. Ron Dellums. He spoke eloquently as one would guess any elected official might. Yet what caught my attention was his presence. He stood tall in our brief session. He spoke on the issues of the day and what we could do as young people to continue along a tried and true effort to develop our democracy informed by our own experiences as a part of an ever-evolving American democratic process through active involvement. I was blessed then by his presence in 1984 and deeply saddened by his loss and my condolences to his family and friends. I saw a black man not in a book or stories about ancestors and pictures on a wall, I had a chance to see the Honorable Ron V. Dellums in the halls of Congress representing America without apology for who he was and what we as Americans could dream of as a brighter future. Rest well, my friend, my brother. You will be missed on this plane of existence, yet I promise your legacy lives on.
Full Circle. This is KPFA Pacifica Radio. You just heard Black Man by the great Stevie Wonder. And that song goes out to Ron Dellums. And before that, you heard my thoughts and my tribute to Mr. Ron Dellums. Thanks for letting me share that with you, the listeners. And now let's move on to our special broadcast of Juneteenth interviews and music. We want to express our appreciation and admiration to the Begin Healing BH Brilliant Minds. As we will see tonight the 11th annual Juneteenth celebration, which honors the final communication that slaves were free as stated in the Emancipation Proclamation from President Abraham Lincoln in Janu- on January 1st, 1863. BH Brilliant Minds is an organization founded by three daughters of Oakland with numerous organizations and community groups to present a large array of events every year. Ms. Barbara Howard, founder, board president and CEO, Ms. Melody Howard, Board Secretary and Vice President. Ms. Jacqueline Howard, Board Treasurer and Director. So virtual hugs and real love to BH Brilliant Minds with the vision and execution of this fantastic event. We thank you. So let's get on with it. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we, the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship crew, struck out last June to the 11th annual Juneteenth celebration in Oakland. This event is held each year on the West Oakland streets. So let's kick it off tonight with our very first interview, BH Brilliant Minds founder and Juneteenth organizer, Ms. Barbara Howard. All right, so hey, here we are. This is the 11th annual Juneteenth celebration in Oakland, California. And we'd like to welcome here... Barbara Howard. Hey, well, welcome, Ms. Barbara Howard. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you so much for being here with us and spending some time and really for putting out such a fantastic event and opportunity for the community. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you guys being here. I'm grateful and honored. Oh, yeah. We like to do this. This is this is all for the community. This is 94.1 KPFA FM, and this is First Voice Media, making sure that we are out here supporting the community and doing what we do. I'm grateful and thankful for the work that you guys are doing and the legacy that you have been uh, creating for these many years. And we're so grateful and thankful that you are here in our community to um, show that you are a part of the community. We hear you on the radio and on the air and... Just to be in your presence now, mm-hmm. it feels good to me. All right. Well, that's good. That's so good to hear. And I actually want to say thank you. Uh, we had uh, Mr. John Burris on a little yes. earlier. I wanted you to speak on that award that he received earlier. Okay. Well, it was the Huey P. Newton Award, the Legacy Award. So all of the things that he does in our community and around the world, we're grateful and honored to um, have this opportunity to, in our present time, be able to honor a soldier, a warrior. That's standing up for our people. To be able to honor him 
on a local level, you know, community. Right. What was important to me. Excellent, excellent. Yes. I mean, this feels good being here that, today. Oh, can I get yeah. a high yeah, five? Now high five. I know yeah, that yeah. I've done yeah. my job. Yeah, you done You it. was not here earlier when I shared with the community that this is what it's about. Right. I want you to feel the presence of the ancestors. Right. Whatever your purpose is, uh -huh. I want on this day okay. for you to say, what am I to do? What is my role? What is my purpose? What is my call? How can I help? Mm -hmm. make a better world today. So how did you get involved oh, with this? What brought you into this line of work and, and, and how you felt that connection? And then go from there and let's segue okay. into how you were connecting with this opportunity here. Got it. So my father, we had our own business in San Francisco and that's the Wendy's Cheesecake Bakery and we've been in business for over 40 years. Wow. So I was brought up in serving my community. And I used to work at Urban Services YMCA, mm -hmm. and Pastor Larry Austin is my pastor today. And I asked him when I was working there, can I do something for our community? And he said yes, and it's been going 11 years. So it was a call that God gave me, and I had to deliver. So I couldn't sleep without making a difference in my community, because my father shared with us that you must. We don't have a, a choice. So with his blessing, I was able to start off with a little bitty itty bitty budget and God blessed it. Mm -hmm. And then I had some other folks chip in, my actual family, chip in for like four years. We paid for the services ourselves. And then now we have the Akinati Foundation and then we have um, Spark and we have Black Minds Matter and Behavioral Healthcare Services. So we're grateful and thankful to end the hip hop for TV. So when you say look back and share a little bit about myself, I am a community leader and I'm an activist for, for the youth and for small businesses. It's a call and I must do the work that I'm doing inside of my community and honoring folks that I see that's making a difference in the world. Fantastic. And one of the things that you mentioned, and I've, I heard this again from John Burris earlier, mm. is the connection to the ancestors, Ooh. the connection to the family. Yes. And you spoke about your father. You spoke about how you were raised. Yes. And so speak on that and how you've tried to now bring that into your work as well. Wow. You're going to make me cry because if it wasn't for my father and my mother inspiring us and encouraging us to make sure, like I said before, you take care of your community, and families first. Mm -hmm. You know, my sisters, you'll see them, they're out there modeling, they're out there running around, and we work together as a team. It's three of us now. Our baby sister passed away with pancreas cancer oh, at 34. Mm -hmm. However, it's family coming together and extended family, bringing folks in like you guys, so now you are part of our family, and us being able to work together. But that was what my father and my mother installed in us, is that you have to, it's a must that you serve your community. All right, and that must drive is something that KPFA definitely shares, and we want to make sure that we continue to do that and afford the opportunity for those in the community to speak, speak yeah. for themselves. Oh, my God. And let them know and let the rest of the community know what they're doing yes. and what we all need to do to kind of come together. That's right. So how would we connect with you? How would the community, now that, now that you've had this type of an event, what are the opportunities for other people to get involved? Maybe to help you with this event? Or well, thank you. Or maybe in pursuing some other opportunities. What can be done? Well, they can go to our actual website. It's www.bhbrilliantminds.org. So they can pull that up and they can um, look at our website. 
and all of the information is there. My telephone number is 510-435-1077. And my personal email is barbarahoward47 at comcast.net. And we would appreciate folks coming in and, and being a part of our actual Juneteenth family. All right. Thank you so much. And when it comes to Juneteenth, this is about as much family as it can get, right? I mean, we're talking about that final step, at least officially on paper legally. That's right. To say that we've, we're free. Exactly. Right? So Galveston, Texas, Juneteenth, Come right? On. June 19th, yes. right? 1865. Yes. And that final opportunity for those last people that were still probably slaves, still working, even though for two years later. Come on. And here they are now finally learning yes. that they too yes. have that they been are given free. that yes. that, 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 that they've been given that, that that legal paper statement of, of freedom. Yes. And as, as you were saying, and the most important part too is that I want our young folks to see that this event is in their community and that they can own it. Right. You know, and that's what the today was about too. Each time I do any events, because I do so many. And um, as I said before, I am a community leader. I do a phenomenal woman event. I do circles. I do uh, black history celebrations. I do it all. So our next black history celebration would be our 19th, 18th year, pushing and doing that. And you know how we started our actual nonprofit is that my son knows I like the little fortune cookie, little things going on. And one day, this is how God works and how our ancestors work. He wrote something on a paper and he said, brilliant minds. And I was like, brilliant minds? I'm like, and he was only 10. Mm. So we were having a conversation, we were doing something. And then he says, mom, this is for you. And when he gave that to me, God says, tuck that, keep that. And ever since when I started thinking about doing a nonprofit, it all came together. And I was like, begin healing brilliant minds. Gotcha. This works. And my nails. I was going to make that the last question, but well, go since ahead, you go started, we're going to segue right into ahead. that. They are a testament from where God's brought me from. And most importantly is that I don't let people limit me in what they say I can do. Mm -hmm. So the nails is to show the youth that they can do whatever they set their minds to do and don't let nobody stop them. And that's what Miss Howard is about, and about encouraging, motivating, and inspiring folks to be all that they can be. You know, because you only got one life to live. What are you going to do while you're here? Mm -hmm. How can you be a part of change in your community, in, in this world? And a lot of people think we have to do it on a big old grand scale. But no, just do a little something different in your community. And one thing you could do easy is say hello to people. Smile right. at them. Right, right. And Greet be consistent. And be consistent, and be consistent with consistent. that, right? Yes, right. sir. Because right. you just said this is the 11th year yes. of the Juneteenth celebration. Oh, my God. Yes, it is. 11th year. And you know, it's so funny. I haven't experienced what I'm experiencing now, but I'm like, okay, we got this. We can keep this moving. We can keep it pushing. But it's just, it, it, this is a little different for me, but it, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Excellent. It's a good thing. Excellent. 
Well, look, I want to say thank you again. Thank you for all you've been doing in the community and what you've done, especially today. This is just such a beautiful, wonderful event. Again, this is uh, 94.1 FM KPFA, First Voice Media coming out here and being with Miss Barbara Howard. That's right. uh, uh, Hosting this fantastic event of Brilliant Minds. Yes. And this opportunity is just amazing. The event and the day is beautiful, and we really want to thank you for spending some time with us. And thank you so much. And our ancestors have smiled on us today. Yes, indeed they have. They are here. Yes, they have. And I felt their presence. I feel their presence. And as long as they are satisfied, I'm all right. Welcome back. You are listening to First Voice Media's Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. Tonight, we are featuring sounds from the 11th annual Juneteenth celebration. The celebration is held each year and continues in the streets of West Oakland. That voice you were just hearing was Barbara Howard of BH Brilliant Minds, organization based out of Oakland. We will have to keep our eyes and ears out for BH Brilliant Minds in the very near future. We want to let you all know that we will have links to all the organizations we feature tonight on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. There you will also find interviews that did not make it to the air tonight. We also want to encourage you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at First Voice. Let's get into another music break from one of our very own Bay Area local artists, Sly. Welcome back. You are listening to First Voice Media's Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA. Tonight we are featuring sounds from the 11th annual Juneteenth celebration. The celebration is held each year and continues in the streets of West Oakland. Sly Stone might as well be my musical uncle. Sly to me. Uncle Sly. Nuff said. That voice you were just hearing was Barbara Howard of BH Brilliant Minds organization based out of Oakland. 
we want to let you all know that we do have links to the organization that we've featured tonight on our website and to encourage you to follow us on the social media. So let's get into the next interview. Bay Area attorney John Burris has been a champion of civil rights for decades. As was mentioned in the first interview, Mr. John Burris was the recipient of the Huey P. Newton Award for Community, given by BH Brilliant Minds during this 11th Juneteenth celebration. Mr. Burris sat down with us at the KPFA table and spoke on the significance of the community taking an active role in preserving their individual rights and how we can collectively stand up in the face of the drama-filled reality show climate surrounding our national politics. Well, hello, here we are and uh, at the 11th annual Juneteenth celebration in Oakland, California. Uh, so this is a very exciting day, a very exciting moment to celebrate uh, what amounts to the official statements of freedom for those of African descent on this continent and uh, for after the Civil War to finally get that final uh, official notification that happened in Galveston, Texas back in 19, um, excuse me, uh, 1865. So this is a very important day and here we are and we'd like to welcome to the airwaves Mr. John Burris. Thank you so much for being here with us. A lawyer extraordinaire, you know, give me a little bit of your background. Where are you from? Oh. And you just mentioned earlier, you mentioned uh, a family of six, uh, what, five brothers and sisters. How did you find your way into seeing the law as your path? Uh, that's a very interesting question. I'm asked that question often. I didn't start out uh, to be a lawyer. Um, I'm from a working class family in Vallejo. Um, all I knew that um, by watching uh, the, the great people on television, and reading newspapers and books, I knew that there was a world beyond where I lived. And that world where I lived was basically a working class town. You play sports, uh, you go to school. Uh, when that's over, you get a job in the city doing something. Uh, that was not for me. My father worked at a shipyard. I knew I wasn't gonna work at a shipyard. But along the way, I became very much um, impacted by what I saw in terms of the civil rights movement. And as everyone talked about and watched um, how Martin Luther King um, and those folks whom I got to see often were giving speeches and doing great things, I was very much moved by seeing the dogs and the, and the police officers, how they abused their authority. And, I, and as a kid, I'm thinking, boy, that's wrong. Uh, and so that's, that stuck with me. And then later on, I uh, became uh, involved in Chicago with some police cases and that I got a chance to see Chicago PD in its fullness. And that let me know that the urban policing was just as bad as the southern policing. And I also was around uh, when Huey Newton were uh, making their move around policing. So those kind of things had an impact on me. I worked as a, in a big law firm in Chicago uh, doing corporate stuff, which I didn't. I used to say, what the hell am I doing up here? I didn't go to law school to work on the 34th floor or 44th floor, so I quit. Uh, and I went to work in the DA's office, state's attorney's office there. That was just a stopgap uh, to find my way back to California. And when I came back to California, I worked in the DA's office uh, for a couple of years. Again, those were just stops along the way. I mean, I always knew that I was going to be in private practice. I, I come from an entrepreneurial background in terms of my great-grandfather and grandmother and, and even my mom and them, they all had private jobs. So I knew I was going to be on my own. And then the question is, what is what's the vision for that private business? And initially I was in criminal defense work and, and that was okay, but it didn't move me in a way that 
I thought I could make a difference. Uh, criminal defense work is, is work, and, and people, everybody needs representation. I concluded they don't need me to represent them, and so I, I wanted to do something that had more of a greater impact on the social order, and I did employment discrimination, and I did police stuff, and I'm sort of down, down the lane doing what I'm doing, which is the best thing ever happened to me. What brings you down here today, sir? Well, I came down, um, one, because the BH Brilliant Minds organization uh, gave me an award, the Huey P. Newton Award, Legacy Award, and I was honored to receive such an acknowledgement. But, more, but equally and more important, I would undoubtedly be here because this date, to me, is a very special date. As an African-American, I understand uh, the importance of the official freedom for some and also the fact that the systems, segregation system was so much in place that it took almost two years for that communication to get down to uh, various members of the black community, even though the proclamation had taken place a couple years before. So for me, it is an acknowledgement that even though African Americans were freed uh, by Lincoln at a certain date, because of the social construct that existed at the time, that freedom did not occur uh, for almost two years. And, and to me, that reflective of where we are now in terms of a society that really does not allow for the freedom that people deserve and ought to have. And if you look at the social construct that is existing now under Trumpism, if you will, uh, that, that we see that whatever gains had been made, there's a real effort to truncate those gains. And for me, uh, to be in a position as a lawyer uh, to fight those issues uh, is important to me. And I also believe that notwithstanding what has taken place now, there have been other periods in time that have been just as draconian. And African Americans and people of goodwill have fought through those. And they fought through them with a the sense that there has to be someone and a group of folks who will say hell no to those particular issues that are being placed upon the community. So I believe that in this present day environment that me and others and people of goodwill uh, should not dismay. Uh, that what is taking place and they should understand that we all have a responsibility to fight whatever uh, vestiges of segregation or ill will or improper tactics, we should fight them collectively. And so I am pleased to be in a position to do that and I call upon everyone else as well uh, to try to participate and do what they can to fight this period. And I do believe as they say, this too will pass. Yes. However, it will not pass in a way that is important without the collective goodwill of those who oppose the type of issues and the, and the kind, type of uh, conduct that's being put upon us now by, by Trumpism. How do we get and galvanize these forces of the community? How do we tie in maybe some of these historical parallels? I could see Trump coming. I could see the backlash and reaction to a President Obama. We could see what the backlash was just from his election. Right. I mean, I don't think we've ever heard at a State of the Union someone call a president a liar out in open air. That person gained some money from that opportunity and that effort. And, it, and that wasn't just a single example where he was repudiated and, and, and down by the, by the GOP. That was actually something that started to spread, which allowed Trump to gain his foothold with the birtherism and he moved along those lines. So how do we as a community inform not just ourselves, uh, those of us of the, uh, of the specific culture of African-Americans, yes, but really the greater community of everyone who's involved. We have a lot of progressives who are out there, both white 
black, brown, you know, uh, 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 the Asian community, Hispanic community, uh, they're all, everyone wants to move things forward. How do we do that? How do we start to, to gain a foothold? The points that you have raised uh, are, are excellent. Uh, I too could see back in the Tea Party days that a particular movement was afoot and that uh, Trump honestly is a very shrewd man. And uh, he is uh, a man without principles. And when you don't have principles and you can say or do anything, uh, then you could, you can, he, he, as one says, as um, Bloomberg said, he was a con man. He knew a con and, and when he saw them. But the con man actually tapped into a thought process, as a state of mind of a large segment of the population. And there are a lot of reasons for that, and so far be it for me to um, identify things that have already been said before. But undercutting all of that is I'm a big understander of um, Dr. W.B. Du Bois when he said that the color line was the primary issue that exists in this country. And I, all of these issues around immigration and how the minority and the, the Hispanics are being treated at the border, those are racial questions. And, and Trumpism and Trump people really see this as an invasion in their lifestyle, the invasion of this new group that might take over from them. And that's just fundamentally rooted in race. And he gets that, Trump does, and he's playing it. Now, what should we do? Uh, from a collective point of view, I, I think that organizations are important, different kinds of group. I don't know if any one group and one movement will do it, but there are different lanes that we all can take. I certainly have defined my lane as a civil rights lawyer and fighting the injustices that I, I see there. But there's other lanes, and, and probably as equally important as the mass incarceration of people. We need people out of jail so they can participate in the system. We also have the whole question, I think, and the most fundamentally is the education of people at a very early age. The, the vast majority of people who have means, the one percenters, take their kids out of, don't put their kids in public schools, and therefore they don't want to pay taxes for the kids who are in public schools. It's therefore the public schools are underfunded. Well, the question is, what are you going to do about that? Because as a grandfather with, with small grandkids, I get it. But you got to get these, you got to put something in these kids' brain and their heads and their sense of, of identity for them to be able to go forward and, and, lead, and be productive. Everyone is not going to fight the battle. You know, I'm a big believer, as uh, W.B. Du Bois said, in the 10 percenters. The 10 percent of the population got to lead the other 90 percent. Most people who just work, it's enough to put food on their tables. You know, I, I was talking uh, recently and someone asked me about my dad who worked at the shipyard. Was he part of this group that was leading uh, in Mare Island uh, for, for better rights? I said, look, my dad had six kids. <laughs> He, he did whatever he, he enough, could. Right? <laughs> he did whatever he could to take, put food on our on our tables, and make sure that we had what we had. That did not mean he did not appreciate those issues, because largely the person I have become is a function of my mother and fathers and their sense uh, of community and their sense of righteousness, even though they themselves couldn't do it. So I do believe that. Uh, whatever can be done in terms of uh, organizations uh, and organizing around particular types of issues are extremely important. Uh, and the forces can be beaten. But make no mistake about it, Trumpism is a powerful force in this country. Those who believe in, against that will have to work extraordinarily hard. There's no, there's no one way to do it. There are a lot of different lanes that we have to occupy. The important thing, though, is that everyone can do something. 
and you need to move forward. We all must move forward in a collective way by joining a group and think about what you can do, whether it's on the educational, criminal justice, uh, how you treat the kids, uh, how do you treat grown-ups, uh, and, and, and certainly providing for economics uh, if you want to move the social agenda. Because what we're really doing here, and I see this, I refer to this often, we're planting trees, if you will, that we may never see. I understand that what I'm doing is benefiting people who may never know the benefit that I attribute to them. When I've done some of these police cases and made things safer for people, the everyday person doesn't know that. But that's how progress is. Before us, other people made sacrifices. They moved a social agenda, and they didn't live to see the benefit of it. We are the beneficiaries of it. And likewise, what we're doing would be the beneficiaries for the next generation of people. So do not despair, as I say. Do not despair. Thank you. So important. So many important words and, and thoughts. Uh, along that, what you just mentioned, and I know we talked slightly off air about uh, the relay race. Yes. And passing that baton. So how are you engaging with some... Well, young lawyers and for me it's very important I made a decision a number of years ago that it was not just enough for me to be successful to raise, make enough money to take care of my family that, that was not enough As I told someone very recently I said look I'm training these lawyers to fight you quote devils for the next 30 years and I'm in it and so I do believe that we all play a part that we're preparing for the next person who has to run that lane. But just as I was influenced by other lawyers before me, they didn't do exactly what I did, but the idea of doing something was planted in my head as well. Okay, well, I'd like to thank you very much for spending some time with us here at the uh, 11th Juneteenth uh, celebration in Oakland, California. Uh, it's been a fantastic opportunity. It's very warm and hot out here, and I think we all enjoy that here in Oakland. And want to thank again Mr. John Burris for spending some time with us and sharing some really profound thoughts on what we can start to do to shape what we want and what our vision will be of our present and our future. I want to thank you very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Uh, good luck for everyone. And remember, uh, do not despair. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA. You just heard from the Juneteenth 2018 Huey P. Newton Award recipient, Mr. John Burris sharing some of his very own personal story and leaving us with a bit of knowledge on the legal front and how we might continue to stay vigilant in today's struggle in equality for all. We are in a generational relay race, planting trees we may never see. As John Burris mentioned, as a community, we need to hold ourselves accountable to what we are experiencing here today. Before we get into our next music break, a brief comment on what freedom means here in America. It should not be lost on any of us of the current political climate and high drama operating almost daily out of the White House. It was from this very house that the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. Yet it took almost another two years before that last known group of slaves received the official declaration that those of African descent in America would finally be free on this continent. Let's continue to experience what some of that expression of freedom is like today from a community looking towards growth. Let's check out this music break and we will be right back. I want to take time out to thank you. Thank you for the highs, the lows, the mountains, the valleys. But most of all, thank you for family. <laughs> and I got my family here, y'all. 
to First Voice Media on 94.1 FM, KPFA. This is your host, Stevie G, on Full Circle. We just received some spiritually uplifting music from the Clark sisters, Jay Moss and Kiara, singing, I Want to Thank You. The next guest from the 11th Juneteenth celebration was Miss Kelsa Sneed. Miss Sneed currently serves as the executive director of the Mentoring Center in Oakland. Miss Sneed is a trained lawyer, and former public defender, where she has worked on criminal and juvenile justice issues, youth development, and civil rights. Ms. Sneed has leveraged her expertise in the legal arena to help us protect our youth with a focused deep dive on where young people are today and how we might provide opportunities for them. Let's check in with an interview from Sharon Peterson and learn how to connect and contribute. Let's listen in. This is the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. We are here at the 11th Annual Oakland Juneteenth Festival. And with me right now is Kelsa Sneed from the Mentoring Center. Kelsa, could you tell us a little about what the Mentoring Center is and does? Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, The Mentoring Center is an organization here in Oakland that works with young people who have experienced challenges really um, in various systems. So the juvenile justice system, foster care systems, other systems in it are experiencing challenges as a result of that. So we provide a lot of services and a lot of healing work and a lot of love to these young people. What kind of specific programs do you offer? 
We have a number of mentoring programs. Uh, we do them both uh, in our offices where we are located um, in Preservation Park. We also do work with young people in various juvenile facilities, sometimes in schools, uh, so in community centers. We, are, we have a program at the West Oakland Youth Center, and um, we really just try to help them realize their unlimited potential. So we do mentoring programs, case management, life coaching, activity-based, academic-based programs, pretty wide range of services for young people. Sounds pretty comprehensive. It is, it is, and that's our intent. Do you do a career type? We do, we do career services. We try to link young people with uh, academic resources and uh, opportunities as well as career resources and opportunities so that they can look beyond just graduating from high school, which is quite an accomplishment, or finishing school, but also to look beyond not just having jobs, but having careers and and thinking about what their career choices are going to be. So Kelso, what brought you to this work? So I am... been interested in and working for and on behalf of young people for many, many, many years. I have always been interested in seeing our young people thrive and do well and and overcome challenges and and barriers that they are often faced with. Sometimes their life circumstances, sometimes their circumstances that they don't have any control over. And so I've been really, really trying to focus very specifically on that work. Professionally, I'm an, an attorney, and so I used to be a public defender and I used to represent young people, um, both who were in foster care and who were in the delinquency system. So I really felt like I was getting a good sort of legal option and outcomes for them, but the kids were just cycling through because they weren't really getting the resources that they needed. Um, And so I really wanted to kind of expand what I did to look at in some ways more root causes, but also in some ways more solution-based outcomes. Um, I thought that if young people, as brilliant as they are, had the opportunity and the resources and the, the chance to really, like I said, realize their potential, then they would do it. And so I'm really about making sure that they have those opportunities. So the first, your first exposure then to a lot of these problems was as an attorney? No, I mean, I, I was, I, I, I've done youth development work for quite some time. Really, really been engaged and, and involved in youth development work in this city um, as a young person. But I just really was able to sort of really understand the problem from a different perspective as an attorney. And, you know, again, trying to get the best legal outcome for young people in terms of where they were placed or, you know, sort of what their term of their probation was. But seeing the kids, because they didn't have anything sort of outside or in their communities to really attach themselves to and and no real access to resources were finding themselves in the same circumstances that brought them back to my attention again. So the legal work that I've done is just kind of a continuation of what I've uh, really been interested in and focused on in terms of youth development. Are there ways that are there ways that uh, the community can interact with the mentoring center to help you to support you in your work? Absolutely. I mean, it's really good for us to know what resources there are and to be able to tap into those resources in the community. Our basic philosophy is that instead of taking young people out of the community in terms of punishment or placement or those types of things, you know, the healing can happen right where they live and in the communities that they've grown up in and the communities that really care about them. And so always looking for 
opportunities and resources to connect young people to within their communities. I'm really invested in West Oakland, one of the reasons I'm here today, and just wanting to make sure that the community knows about us and we know about you all and that our young people can come to the community and get what they need because, you know, kids, young people, when they are in their own communities and neighborhoods and homes, do better when they're supported. What's the best way that a community organization can connect? Email, call, I mean, any of those ways is good. Do you have an email address? Yeah, we, we absolutely do. Um, so the Mentoring Center is, our email address is TMC, which stands for the Mentoring Center. So TMC at mentor.org. Our number is 510-891-0427. And we have a website, and the website is www.mentor.org so there are a whole bunch of ways to get in contact with us and we welcome everyone who wants to reach us so if uh, you're a community organization or organizer and you have something to offer to the mentoring center something to offer to the youth Mm -hmm. that's how they can contact absolutely we look forward to hearing from everybody thank you for your work with the community thank you thank you for having me You are listening to First Voice Media on 94.1 FM, KPFA. And that was the voice of Ms. Kelsa Sneed, the executive director of the Mentoring Center, as interviewed by our very own Sharon Peterson on location from the 11th Juneteenth celebration in Oakland this summer. Thanks to Ms. Kelsa Sneed in providing a unique perspective as a legal expert to help protect our youth and support navigation in youth development, the juvenile justice and foster care systems. I was drawn to her ability to find networking and access resource options to facilitate healing opportunities for the youth out of, once again, the Mentoring Center. That was a great piece by Sharon Peterson. As we are moving toward the close of our show tonight, I want to extend another round of thanks and appreciate, excuse me, another thanks and appreciation for being uh, healthy, or excuse me, Begin Healing BH Brilliant Minds, hosting the 11th annual Juneteenth celebration 2018 in Oakland. Let's get back into some music from the event. Mr. Brandon Brown, Grio B, is a teacher using rap to propel students to greater achievement. A Grio is an oral historian. So let's listen in where Griot B combined knowledge with music in one of his informative rap pieces. This one is the most appropriately titled Juneteenth.
come and know again, Bobby can't defeat you. What's in that cup, uh? It ain't see through two miles an hour, so everybody see you. We all having fun, cause on January 1, 1863, Reagan said slavery was done in Gavetta Sea, but the war wasn't really won, so we weren't free until the troops of the Union came in force. Stranger with the Union Army, issue order number 3250,000 free. Can you see it from my view when the slaves at the news? Cheering loudly, driving crews, walking off, chucking the news. July to some is despised Cause the declaration signed We were still slaves Life, liberty, and property John Locke We were still considered property Dred Scott But I live in the USA So on 4th of July That flag I wave But I really celebrate On our Independence Day June 19th How it was paved the way So Tell me what you know about Juneteenth said it's time to celebrate Juneteenth After June 19th, all slaves were free. No slavery, but the question in the South, how will we all learn? Cause it was a crime for us to read or just to teach us math and science, especially our history. And now we can't do it and become students. We need some universities and it wouldn't be prudent to get some schooling from those who beat our backs till we bleed. We need our own to teach our own. All black schools is what we need. Thanks again for the timely piece from Grio B as we celebrate today or on that date, Juneteenth celebration with the event. So tonight we honor and celebrate on air the Juneteenth celebration again. This was held on June 23rd, 2018 in Oakland through community organizations and of course with KPFA 94.1 FM, your community radio station. Now let's, like, now let's make some mention of the history of Juneteenth. Before the internet and the web, before cell phones and even telephones, communication was not just in seconds, a minute, an hour, or a day. It could take days, weeks, months, and in this particular case, years for the national message to reach everyone. President Abraham Lincoln, as a result of maintaining the Union of the United States of America, signed the Emancipation Proclamation in January 1st, 1863. In short, The struggle that carries ripples of racism through to this very day was declared over on paper. The descendants of Africa from one continent and now freed citizens upon this American continent could enjoy freedom as any other white person in the land. Victory? Stay tuned. As Mr. John Burris mentioned earlier, we are accountable to yesterday, today, and tomorrow's generations in the relay race to fight for equal rights and citizenship for all those that choose to become a part of the fabric of America. Let's continue to honor Juneteenth in this 11th annual BH Brilliant Mind celebration here in Oakland, California, in service to our community. Okay. Well, welcome back. This is Stevie G on Full Circle here on Pacifica Radio, KPFA 94.1 FM. Um, another, uh, we might be able to squeeze in maybe a little knowledge drop from Griot B a little bit later as we end our show. 
Uh, but we want to remind you all that we spoke with many organizations while we were out for the day's event and want to let you know that some interviews that did not make the air will be posted on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. We will also be posting some of the pictures we took as well. Again, check out kpfaapprentice.org after the show. We will have everything posted as a part of our ever-growing community service for you, the listener. Well, you can hear the music. I can hear it, too. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. So, folks, stay tuned in for next week where we'll discuss farming and gardening. This show was made possible for you by our executive producer, Ms. M., our technical director, Freewill and Franklin, Frank Sterling, and Joy Moore is our, pro- our production consultant. I've been blessed to be your host this evening, Stevie G. Thanks to Darlene Pagano for board operations and to our tech assistant, Kendall Krako. Darlene is graduating soon from the apprenticeship program, and both Kendall and myself are a part of the next generation of apprenticeship hosts at your service for the next year. And thank you for listening, joining us tonight on Full Circle. Stay tuned for La Onda Baita is next. Thank you.